This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So... The only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Ever Bristol City podcast. We were hoping for a first home win of the season at Ashton Gate on uh, Saturday, but uh, it finished nil-nil. I would say probably one of the best nil-nil draws I've seen, if you can have such a thing. Uh, joining me is uh, is Ian. Uh, Neil may be joining us later. Mark's away. Ian's in uh, sunny Madeira, and I'm back from a week in the sunny south of Spain. And while I'm on the air, thanks to uh, Gary and Anne-Marie for a couple of good nights out in uh, the Costa del Sol. Um, Ian, as we normally do, just give me a quick 30 seconds, what your immediate thoughts were as you walked away from the ground after the game. Well, it was a, it was a classic game of two halves, wasn't it? We were the better team in the first half and we should have got something out of it. But once again, we've got a major issue, scoring goals at home. That's four home games now against championship opposition. We've drawn two, lost two, and only scored one goal. Uh, in four games, and that has to be a concern uh, and why I would change, tweak the formation slightly and play two strikers up front. That being said, we should have gone in in front at half time because we didn't. We lost control of the game in the second half and by the end of the game, I was more than happy to get a point. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think on the first half, I would say that was probably amongst, bar the goal, lack of, I would say that's probably one of the best 45 minutes of attacking play at home that I've seen under uh, Pearson's uh, tenure. But we didn't get the goal. And as you said, Ian, in the second half, it was they came on very strong. And I was happy to uh, to settle for a point. And going into these two home games in the space of four days, you know, I sort of set the stall of four points. That was a win and a draw. Well, to maintain that, we got to get a win on uh, Tuesday night. But uh, we're averaging a point and a half a game. But home form is concerning. Ian, the... Uh, Starting lineup, um, it sort of picks itself, doesn't it? Yes, at the moment. I mean, Dicky was available, but uh, any surprises there? And obviously, on the bench, there was one I thought it was a coming out of retirement for Sammy Nelson, but it's a uh, requiem. But what are your thoughts on the starting lineup when that uh, was announced? Well, as, as you said, uh, with uh, TGH loan tide, I'll call it 
can't play against his parent club. George Tanner was always going to come back. I thought George did well defensively because um, the lad he was marking has got a few miles in his legs, but he's a very good player. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think most City fans would would have got, would have picked that team yesterday from what we had available. Like I say, I'd make a couple of tweaks against Plymouth, who, by the way, uh, although they lost yesterday. Uh, if you look at the stats from that game, they absolutely battered Preston. Uh, so they look a dangerous side. So we shouldn't think, oh, well, they lost away from home again and they're below us in the table and take anything for granted. Um, they had, I think, 14 shots, seven on target, 14 corners, 67% possession. So they should have got something out of that game at, at, at Preston yesterday. But Preston are having that kind of start to the season where... They're winning by the odd goal instead of losing by the odd goal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think most City fans who take any notice of that kind of thing could have probably predicted that team uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, looking at the start of the action, I say you know Albion brought two and a half thousand fans down. Again, well, moving away from the action, just talking about that one thing there, surrendering the whole of the Atio to an away support. It's a bone of contention on the uh, on the fans forum, but uh, you know, do you have a view on that? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Should they be positioned elsewhere? People say, "Oh, you can't because of the open concourses," but I'm just thinking that corner of the dolmen you can partition off a bloody big concourse, in my view. But I just think it gives them, you know, it's it's like a home game for them when they start going, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's 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 two things I'd say. Number one is we've got a right to talk about that when we can sell all the tickets for the game. Um, we haven't. Um, the second thing is I would put them, the away fans, as Newcastle do, up where Eagles dare, up at the top of the Lansdowne. And it's like anything else in construction day, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm. So you could, you could put them up there. Um, we know that we give less tickets to certain clubs. Swans is one, Cardiff's another because of damage they've done. But if we wanted to do that, I'm sure we're quite capable of doing it. Now, the powers that be really don't want to do it because it's a bit of an inconvenience. And in another another way, they want our fans to have the best facilities. Um, yeah. And the best facilities aren't in the Atio. Uh, so, um, and that's the next part of the ground earmark for development if we ever reach the promised land. So... Um, I, I can see it always round. I would prefer to have two home ends, um, as, for example, Aston Villa do, um, as was noted by our erstwhile manager, Lee Johnson, who didn't have a very auspicious start to his Fleetwood career yesterday. <laughs> but, let, let's, um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm of the school that says put them at the top of the lands down the far right-hand end as you look at it from... From the dolmen, there are some logistical problems with that, but nothing that can that can't be overcome. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, we could talk about that, and as you say, it's the powers that be of which we have no uh, influence, being the wholly independent uh, Bristol City podcast. Um, yeah. So into the action. I mean, it was it, it it was a sparkling start. I took somebody who hadn't been to the game for hadn't been to a game since well, I don't know March or something like that, and yeah, even he was commenting on and. You know, I thought um, Sykes shaped up well 
early on. Um, just before he hit the post, Bell was in there with the side netting. But, um, yeah, it was a sparkling opening 20 or so minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, I was, I, was, I was very pleased. I mean, what we did do we, is we won the second balls, the first balls. Um, and although we played ourselves in trouble a couple of times in the first half, I mean, for I'll, I'll give you a classic example. There's a lot of City fans extolling the virtues of Zach Viner with that fantastic recovery tackle and fantastic recovery tackle it was. Having said that, it was his fault the guy got away in the first place because he got caught on the wrong side. And uh, Thomas Asante did that to him a, a couple of times. Um, so you, you have to look at overall where that uh, where that danger comes from. Uh, but we're lucky that we've got Zach, who had decent recovery speed. Cal Naismith um, made a very good tackle late on. There seemed to be some debate whether he got the man then and the ball or one or the other. But um, the referee didn't see it that way, and he was in probably best place to see it. And the linesman uh, didn't give anything. So that's just the way it goes, and that'll happen to us plenty of times this season. But yeah, I was quite pleased. The only thing I wasn't pleased with we didn't stick the ball in the net. Yeah, um, I mean, that I mean, is an ongoing problem. I think, I think the thing, uh, I think the thing when you say sticking the ball in the net, I don't know who's calling this number at that time on Sunday. Um, when you say sticking the ball in the net, when Sykes's uh, shot hit the post uh, and Bell's went. Sort of wide. I think he had one that curled wide as well. I mean, there were shots. We had 14 shots yesterday, none on target, which tells its own story. But, you know, you'd expect, certainly with a Sykes one, because it came back and bounced across the edge of the six-yard area, you'd expect Naki to be there. And he's only got one in 20, one goal in 26 from, you know, out, you know one goal from open play in 26 <laughs> games. That has to be a worry, doesn't it? Oh, it's a real concern. Even well, though he had a good game yesterday, you know, he looks full of athleticism or something. And you say we need to play with two strikers. I mean, arguably, yeah. in some people's minds, Sykes, Wells and Bell, you know, that's playing with three strikers in my in my book because, well, okay, Sykes can play that right-back role on occasion. But, you know, what, you know, you say we play with a two, but, you know, you look at the way it's lined up on BBC, it's a front three. So... Why? Yeah, but the way the way it's lined up on BBC, what we actually play is a four-five-one defending, and a four-three-three when we're attacking. That's that's how it works. But Sykes and Bell are both wide players. Um, we've seen Sam Bell down the middle on his own can't do it. Now, perhaps if you put Sam closer to Naki, um, I'd make a couple of tweaks for the Argyle game. I'd bring Taylor. Let's talk, let's talk about that in a minute, Ian. When we right. preview the pre well, if you're talking about strikers. Yeah. Naki can't buy a goal at the moment. I mean, he had one shot in the first half that the keeper could have threw his cap on. Oh, uh, yeah, keep, that's right. Their keeper had one difficult save to make in 90 minutes, and that was from Harry Cornick. Um, yeah. So, um, which I, I, and I think Cornick should have done better. I think he should have lifted the shot slightly, but, you know, he, he controlled it well. And it was yeah. our one real open opening of the game. Um so, but but in that first half, if we have had a player like Asante or Madger in our strike, we'd, we'd have won. We'd if you just swapped the centre forwards over before the game, we'd I'm sure we'd have won the game. We'd have been out of sight by half time, wouldn't we? And it wouldn't have mattered. Well, well, out of sight or not, I mean, if we'd have got a, a goal or two in the first half, we'd have won the game. Yeah, because they weren't all it, that. They weren't all that West Brom. Okay, they were able to bring on the likes of Mauat, Madger, and Diangana off the bench, yeah. but. 
you know, and mm. they got good. I mean, you look at their front, their front three. Uh, what and it's not a three because it's a Sante with Wallace and Swift. I mean, Wallace and Swift would get in a bottom half Premiership club, both of those, wouldn't they? Yeah. No, no, they're no. not that good. No, but um, you'd have them in our but, side in place of anybody we've got at the moment, possibly. Well. I'm not so sure about, I mean, Jed Wallace is a player I've, I've, I've liked for a while. I mean, mind you, you say you'd have him in our side. I, I wouldn't want to pay West Brom's wage bill. In fact, West Brom are struggling to pay West Brom's wage bill. Um, so, uh, so look, I mean, we've got the players we've got. We know that Sykes and Bell can finish. What we haven't got is players that create chances for them. But yesterday, there were chances to cross. Our crossing wasn't brilliant. Um there were chances uh, for what I'm not seeing is is little clever through balls. When we played West Brom last season in the cup, they played a very high line, mm. and their defence, their especially their central defenders, I've seen milk turn quicker. I mean, they make Rob Dickey look like a sprinter. So we need to be putting balls between the fullbacks and the centre half. That's what we didn't do enough of yesterday. We didn't do it at all in the second half. Uh, West Brom completely dominated the game, and I'll go as far as saying if. If they pick the team they finish with from the start, I think we could have been in trouble. Um, but you know, we got at the end, we got a point out of it, which we both said we're content with. But we've got to tweak it at home slightly to make ourselves more threatening. Now, yeah. I don't, I I don't see that. Make... Sorry, and I just want to pick up a point you made there about West Brom's wages, which are high. But Josh Madger, right? who was at Sunderland for a period, well, he scored at least one goal for the opening game last season for them. He's been bought in their climate of austerity. And if we'd have relaxed the purse strings a little, which obviously isn't ever going to happen under Pearson's tenure, um, you know, he, he's somebody that would have answered our, uh, yeah, and been affordable for having uh, th- that big man up front. So, you know, West Brom, well, you, what, what, do they, do, no, what do they pay for Madger? And are they paying him? Nothing. He was a free. Nothing. He was, I, as far as I'm aware, he was a free transfer signing, but there are free transfer signings and free transfer signings. Um, it depends what he's earning a week. I would guess he's gone to West Brom on a wage that would bust our wage structure. Yeah. And, and there's your problem. Uh, Tinian's listening to Tinian yesterday. He did an interview and they screened part of it on Robin's TV. And Brian said, We missed out on a couple we went for that we really wanted, <coughs> but luckily enough, we were able to get some others that were right at the top of our list. So it'd be interesting to know who the two players they were. We know one was Joe Bryan. Um, and I, I personally I wouldn't want him back here for the same reason that. You know, again, we'll talk about that in a minute. Callas say, oh, I want to be in Bristol, you know, I'll come back wherever I go and all this. It, we don't want this to be a rest home for bloody ex-players. Well, it's not, it's, 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 it's not a question It's not a question of a rest home, it's a question of affordability. Now, our wages, when, when our accounts finally come out, uh, the next set of accounts, you'll probably see a, re- a reduced wage bill. You won't see the vastly reduced wage bill until the next set of accounts, because in... This set of accounts, we were still paying Callas, Jada Silva, um, Casey Palmer for a bit. Uh, so, you know, and, and I could understand the Callas situation from both sides. I can understand Callas saying, why should I take, he was offered about 40% uh, 
of what he was on and he, he was made an offer a contract was put on the table and there were, he confirmed there were no further negotiations so basically city made him a take it or leave it offer he started getting worried because that he, he admitted there were no offers then he said there were two or three clubs trying to sign him um and, and I, I don't think he's telling porkies i'll be very interested and in keeping an eye on seeing how many games he actually starts for Schalke for yeah yeah so so that's the thing it's all right saying well i'd like to stay but it's a, a it's a calculated risk you say well we yeah i'd love to see thomas callas at his best in our team and in, he'd walk in the team but if he's unavailable for one injury reason or another then it's it you start saying well hang on the money we, we yeah. paid him we could go and sign possibly another two players from League One and one of them might come good. So uh, I, I, I've said right the way from the start of the season that I think the squad's still short because of our injury situation. And people have said, ah, yeah, but when we get Tommy back and when we get McCrory back, yeah, but forgotten, when we see, get forgotten them... All about, forgotten all about him. Eamon as well, well, yeah. Well, when you Rob get Atkinson, those players... Rob Atkinson. Yeah. I mean, look, McCrory, Conway... Well, hang on a minute, Dave. Hang on, wait a minute. Let me, let me finish let me finish this point when we get them back someone else will be injured because that's how it works so it, that's why i say the squad's a little bit light and we're definitely light yeah. up front I, I hear what you're saying somebody else will be injured but if you look at those three atkinson mccrory and uh conway i would say all three of those are starters now the ones in you know when everybody's fit and you know you, you say we get three more injuries. I mean, if you had to take three players that you wouldn't want to get injured out of our side at the moment, then it would probably be Naismith, James and Knight. And we'll come on to those three when we look forward to the Plymouth game. Let's just get back into the action um, in the second half. I say it was all West Brom. Sykes had a header tipped over by uh, Palmer. Uh, Furlong put in a cross and Max was beaten because uh, Swift's header... That would have been four goals for him so far if this season had gone in. Um, they were making their subs. And I think I heard somebody say on Radio Bristol yesterday, we didn't make any substitutions until the 79th minute of the game. And one or two players, notably Pring in my book, they seem to be blowing a bit. So, you know, that was the substitutions, the game management or the substitution management. How did you rate that yesterday, Ian? I thought that was poor. And the reason Pring was blowing a bit is because West Brom were overloaded down both sides. And because of the tactical tweaks and changes that Carlos Corbin made. And Pearson countered it too late. You remember he brought Roberts on to basically play in front of Cam Pring um, or slightly behind Cam Pring. He swapped the he, he, so he put two fullbacks on that left hand side to try and counter that and, and to be able to get forward. Um <clears throat> where we lost the game, uh, let's say lost the game, we lost control, was in the midfield. Our midfield became ineffective. We didn't win enough second balls. Um, and where in the first half we were, our press and counter-press with Williams, Knight was good. And James was doing what Matty James does, because he's one of those players. He's a bit like Cole Skews. You, you you only notice him when he's not there. Yeah. No, I thought he was solid yesterday. He did everything. Yeah, and he the amount of rubbish he clears up is unbelievable. Mm. Um, you know, we'll call him Dredger because he does pull us out a bit, quite a bit. Um, 
But and he's a player that I think we almost he's almost one we miss most when he's not there because we haven't got anybody else apart from well, perhaps Carl Naismith who can do that. But um, yeah, you mentioned you know moving on to Plymouth. We 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 do need to make ourselves more threatening at home and more of a threat over ninety minutes. Uh, I think it's it's true to say we haven't scored a goal in the first half this season. Yeah, may, um, may well be, may well and, be, and 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 we need to be. Um, we need to be more of a threat and have real end product. And all of our strikers, every striker at the club is better in a two than a one, every single one. So we we need to tweak it at home. You can go away. We've proved we can score goals away. We've got, what's it, three at, three at, what, two at Swansea. Uh, we got a goal at Hull. we got a goal at Millwall. I mean, we're, so we're not absolutely banging them in, but compared to our home form, we are. So, um I said at the start of the season, particularly with Tommy out, we, we need another centre forward. And mm. Naki, I'm afraid, good player that he is, isn't it. And not um, now, uh, not based on form. Let's wrap well, up he, on he, uh, let's let's wrap up on the game, Ian. Uh, we said yeah. the substitutes uh, substitutes were late. I mean, they they'd already bought on three very good um three very good players. You talked a moment ago about the uh, the Cornick uh, incident. I mean, that that mm. was one that yeah, I think was it a good save? Was it a bad miss? I mean, you've got your Cornick, your Cornick detractors that will say he's crap. That was a bad miss. And then you've got other people that take, we'd have sort of robbed the game had it been based on the second half. But, um, and then we got lucky with Madger and Naismith late on, didn't we? Because some people thought that the Viner one was a penalty as well. And if it had gone to VAR, that was in the first half when he took a Sante down. Do you think, do you think both of those decisions, and Naismith on Madger, Viner on Asante, if that had been a Premier League game, do you think they'd have consulted VAR on both? They, they both would have been consulted just because incidents like that are. Mm. Um, I don't think either would, would have been a penalty. Um, right. Because don't forget, for it for it to be, they might have asked the referee to look at it again. And when they do that, referees normally bottle it and, and don't stand by their original decision. But... Um, Zach Viner, one, he definitely gets the ball first. Yeah. All right. You, you, but you can't do a sliding tackle like that without affecting affecting the player because after you kick the ball, you can't disappear. No, um, the player went through his legs, or he went through the player's legs, or yeah. Well, you're bound to. If if I if I slide and I'm sliding towards you, and I'm a professional footballer, and I weigh what's, what's that weigh? Probably about 11 and a half, 12 stone, and he's six, he's six foot uh, six foot one, then I'm, I'm bound to knock you over after I get the ball if it's a sliding tackle. Mm. Same thing with Cal Naismith. Cal Naismith was more debatable, but I think he got, well, he took everything out, man, ball. Um, he was only had, if if you watch it back, the West Brom player slightly hesitates. Now, whether he was looking for a penalty, but I think he'd have been better off going for the ball, touching it with his toe, and then Naismith's going to wipe him out and he's going to get a penalty. Yeah. Um, so it's definite. So I wouldn't say that either of those were what VAR is meant to sort out. Yeah. It's clear and obvious errors. I wouldn't call either a clear and obvious error. So no, in, in, in well, Anthony, either. Just talking about the referee, Anthony Backhouse, I thought he let the game, I thought he let the game flow. There were a couple of instances where he could have blown 
And then the passage of play broke in favour of the side that had been offended against. I mean, I know you were watching it on Robin's TV from abroad and I was at the game and some people say, oh, you can't see the same on Robin's TV. But did did you think he let the game flow quite well and refereed it quite competently? Considering it was his first ever championship game, yeah. Is that right? His first ever championship? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And for me, what you can't see on Robin's TV that you can see better at the ground is things like team shape across the pitch. So if um, you you have to watch carefully to see if, for example, Knight is playing in, in front of Williams or alongside Williams and Matty James is a bit further in behind, you can see that better at the ground because if you if you you can see it if you're looking across the pitch from the Dolman or from um, the Lansdowne, so that you can see. But don't forget on Robin's TV you get four or five different camera angles. Yeah, and you see big, and you see replays. It's now, a big I, advantage. I, yeah, yeah, it is yeah. a big advantage. And um, yeah, I, I thought we let the game flow. Did he make some mistakes? Yeah, probably they all do uh, because they're human. But I I wouldn't. Uh, I would give him probably give him an eight out yeah. of ten for how he refereed the game. Certainly, yeah. his yeah. refereeing didn't impact the game in a negative way, so he didn't give a daft penalty or send a bloke off who shouldn't have been sent off or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I was relaxed good. about the referee. Yeah. Let's talk about some individual performances, uh, Ian, and we'll work through the team. Uh, we've talked about some players, but I'm just going to pick one or two others. I mean, Max O'Leary. Any goalkeeper's got to be happy with a clean sheet. Everything he dealt with yesterday, he handled it well. Um, you know, he didn't spit it. I thought he commanded his area quite well. And, you know, there were some big blokes up there. I think his distribution is improved a bit as well. What were your thoughts on Max yesterday? He didn't have a lot to do, but what he did, he did it as you'd expect, yeah? That would, If, if I was going to make a criticism of the game, my criticism would, have, would be that neither keeper had enough to do. Mm. Um, that now you can put that down to some really good defending and in our case some real last ditch stuff and I heard Naismith say after the game you know you, you don't like going to ground in the penalty area because you're giving the referee a decision to make yeah uh, but that's it's desperation and, and after you've you might have made a mistake or somebody plays a fantastic through ball um, but um, when you've got cle- uh, you know clever players in the team like Moe and Swift who can see a pass and who can play it through. And we, as I've said previously, we lack that player. Um, then uh, it's, uh, I would say that if you just swapped the keepers over before the game, it wouldn't have made much difference. And, no. and, and I haven't seen a, a keeper yet that I'd say, oh my God, I wish we had him instead of Max O'Leary. Max, yeah. Max is a, is a decent goalkeeper. I, I he's know. a championship. And he's a he, he. He could be better, but he's only in his place there on merit. Well, um, he'll he'll. Him, don't forget. I think what's Max twenty six. Twenty six. He'll he, he'll be playing in goal for another professionally. In ten years, and he'll be Eight a better years. goalkeeper, better goalkeeper when he's twenty nine than he is yeah. now. He just but he's will. learning. He's learning, and he's not learning yeah. at our expense. You know, because I say he kept a clean no. sheet yesterday, so he's not done any ricks so far this <clears> season. You talked earlier about Tanner, who was in the side because uh, Garden, was it Gardner Taylor Hickman? That's a mouthful. Um, somebody I went to with a couple of games a couple of games ago said they're targeting him, and he doesn't 
go forward. I mean, he he is unkind though it sounds, but he is probably the team in our team. If you're the opposition, you're going to say target him because he's not, you know, he's not the best, is he? I think he's a very good defender, and he's played against some very good players, and yeah. they haven't done him uh, best. I can remember some Brereton Diaz. Um, yeah. Didn't run him. Didn't didn't uh, the kid yesterday was it Phillips? Didn't turn him inside out. Didn't run, but what he is is a defender. Now, do you think he played any worse yesterday than Cam Bring? Because I don't. No, no, I'd agree. And as you say, I you think know, he's he's a, uh, he's a convenient scapegoat. Yeah. Um, and I think TGH. If I had to analyse it, I would say TGH is from what I've seen, the limited amount I've seen, uh, is better on the ball in terms of he'll, he'll take free kicks and set pieces. Mm. He's a better passer of the ball forward. Um, he is aggressive in the tackle, but I don't think, I haven't seen yet that he's as good a defender as um, George Tanner. Fair enough, yeah. So I, I think it, it depends what you want. If you're playing a back four, you, you're fullbacks are basically defensive and what you get going forward is a bonus depending on the tactics you play in one yeah. thing or another but if 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 he, if you were playing if you're saying well we're going to play wing backs then you probably stick mark sykes there or you might play tgh then you've got the issue where do you put mark sykes so it, it's a it's a quandary it's a tactical quandary and let's say you know nigel we know has got to go into hospital to have a, a back operation um, and so we'll have Curtis Fleming on the sideline. I, I think, providing Nigel isn't completely laid up, he'll still be picking a team and he'll still be in. I think uh, I read somewhere that he's likely to miss uh, Plymouth, Leicester and Stoke. Yeah, it's a, li a little bit like the, probably not the same injury, but a little bit like the Guardiola situation at Man City. Um, so hopefully it all goes well, no complications or anything like that. And because you don't like to see the blue hobbling around on on crutches on the no, that sort of suddenly line. came from nowhere, didn't it? Because I noticed him he yeah. wasn't bouncing around on the touchline. So, uh, if you, you you may have read more than I have on it, um, that that you know, is it suddenly something that cropped up in the last forty eight hours that needs attention? I I not no, I don't think it is, but I I just think it's uh it's probably. I mean, he's, he was a professional footballer, centre-half, big guy. Um, it's probably a wear, I'm guessing it's a wear and tear injury. Wear and tear. Let's I, I could be completely wrong. Let's, he, might, let's, he might have fallen down the stairs and done it, but um, well have I have heard chasing, that. You might have been chasing the otters down on Kenmore or something like that. <laughs> you, never, you never know, mate. But, yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's I, a bit I, different, isn't it? You get the wolves in the Carpathian Mountains and on Kenmore you get bloody otters. But there we go. Let's stick with individual yeah. players. Um, I didn't watch any of the game, but Netherlands versus uh, Ireland. Jason Knight was named player of the match. And as somebody put on uh, OTIB, or it might have been Twitter, and apologies for not remembering who it was, but they said on there, why don't we just negotiate a fee with Bournemouth now? Because there were non-Bristol City-related people saying, why isn't this guy playing in the Premier League? I mean, he... Started the game well yesterday, but I thought he ran out of puff a little bit as well, didn't you? But we got we've signed, Jason, a, we've signed a good one there, haven't we? What Jason Knight? Yeah, yeah. We we still have to find. For me, he was playing a little bit deeper, more or less alongside James Williams uh, in midfield, rather than 
that classic number 10 role, perhaps in the same way that Andy Voiman played 10. And let's not forget, he might be back on the bench on Tuesday night. So I like Jason Knight. I think he um, he needs to add an end product to his game. You know, that final assist ball uh, coming through into the box for a goal. I still don't think we get enough players in the penalty area sometimes. I mean, Cam Brink whipped in a cross yesterday and we never had a soul within 10 yards of goal. No. Um, now, you could blame the bloke who crossed it and say, well, what the hell do you cross it for? Why don't you just smash it in low or something like that? But that's a little bit of muscle memory when you're in those situations as to yeah. where you cross the ball. But a lot of that comes down to the fact that we haven't got a natural number nine in the team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like him. Uh, you've got a choice for me against Plymouth is whether you rest him or Joe Williams because we need to get another striker. Well, I was going to ask you about I was going to ask you about Joe Williams. Start. I was going to ask you about Joe Williams here because are we seeing the best of Joe Williams now? Because he looked all yes. action yesterday. He had that shot opposite where well, you weren't at the ground, but it was, yeah, I was in line with it, even though it was you know, yeah, the left far foot. end of the pitch. We are seeing the player that we thought we had three years ago, aren't we? Yes, without doubt. I mean, and I'm touching wood all the time I'm saying this, that Joe, a fit Joe Williams... And an informed Joe Williams is a decent player. We, we Everybody's known that. No one's ever said, oh, this bloke Williams can't play football. All they've ever said is, well, yeah, it'd be great when he actually plays. Well, he's actually playing. Mm. And he played 30-odd games last season as well. So we shouldn't uh, knock him. Hopefully, he's over the worst of any niggles because he had all sorts. He had groin, then he had two or three hamstrings on the, on the spin. Um and, and, and I like him as a player. Now, uh, Joe would tell you himself, he's not going to get a mountain of assists and goals because that isn't what he is. But as a box-to-box bloke who aids the press along with Knight and the likes of Sam Bell, Naki, uh, Mark Sykes, um, yeah, he'll do a job for you. Uh, but we've what we've got to do, which is why controversially on Tuesday night, I would... Leave, I put leave 90 on the bench, give him a rest because he's had a lot of football. He played two full internationals against good teams. It was France and Holland, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Man of the match, man of the match in one of the games against France. No, Netherlands, it was man of the match. Oh, right. Okay. So, but I mean, that's anyway, two good matter. teams. He was, he was playing. Yeah. Now the problem. So I would bring Yaboa, start him with Naki up front. And and leave one of the midfielders out and leave the rest of the team alone apart. Well, you from say bring... it's now it's interesting because I was going to come on to the 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 the, the lineup Tuesday. Mm. Max obviously in goal. Gardner Taylor Hickman comes back in. Um, mm. Viner obviously. Uh, I was going to suggest sort of bringing Rob Dickey back into the back four. And since he was puffing, yeah, put Roberts mm. at left back, and you've got. Cam to come on maybe with half an hour to go, but you're not expecting him to be a full pelt. And then that middle of the park, obviously, Naismith, you're saying a middle of the park of Naismith, James and Williams then, yes? Is that right? No, that's what that's what you're saying. You, that's you, what I'm I saying, wasn't... Naismith, James and Williams. That's leaving out night. So it's Naismith moving into midfield in place of night. What are you saying in midfield then? I'm saying you have, uh, basically, you play a 4 2 2 2 so uh, you play uh, Taylor Gardner-Hickman at right back. I'd stick with Campering. 
as I think Roberts is a bit unproven at championship level as a left back. Obviously, you've got to see him play uh, for him to prove himself. Um, I'd stick with the two same centre backs because you've just got a clean sheet. And I, I, I'd take a careful look at what Plymouth have got up front. So if they've got a six foot six bloke, then yeah, you might bring back uh, Rob Dickey on the basis of horses for courses. Um, then I'd have two in midfield at the moment. That'd be James and Williams. And then you've got your two wide players in Bell and Sykes. And up front, I'd have your bow in Wells. So two changes, basically, in, okay. in personnel. So the, you're leaving the, the key. Putting, I think, I'll be honest, Ian, I think that is, I think that could get a little bit overrun myself. Well, you've got a choice. You can win games 4-2 or you can go on drawing them nil-nil because what we're doing at home at the moment is it, 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 it encapsulates what Nigel Pearson's achieved at Bristol City which is not losing games. So in yeah, other which words, is what was the objective and we finally he's got turned that. defeats into draws. Yeah. But we're not winning any more games. And that's yeah. over a whole season. Yeah. The last three seasons, 15, 15 games wins. Won. Yeah. That and it's interesting, yesterday, yesterday, last season, the last two or three seasons, we'd have lost that game yesterday. And we did it. Well, last, last season, we would have probably drawn it as well. But my point is we... If we're to progress, and this is a key question, and I'd really like to know, might actually put a poll on Twitter or something, I'd really like to know from City fans, would you be happy, or use the word content, if we didn't get promoted in the next five seasons, as long as we stayed in the championship? Or do you really? would you really like to see us seriously progress? And by well, that I mean make, make the playoffs. Well, we're not we're not gonna. <laughs> I mean, our owner says that we've got a better squad than Luton, therefore we should be challenged. Yeah, but our, our owner, with great respect to him, football isn't especially subject well, to a mastermind. I mean, right, okay, we come on to that in a minute as well because I think we've done the game to death. I mean, he did name a full nine. Did name a full nine on the bench yesterday. Yeah, interesting. I heard him speak pre-match, and he said uh, the under twenty ones. And, and obviously, Knight LaBelle and Arroyo had been left out because the under-21s hadn't done so well, but Knight LaBelle got the nod to get into the squad. But, you know, this lad, Nelson, um, I'd never heard of him before. Brian Tinian tweeted, very fast, pacey winger. Do you think he'd have got five minutes if we'd have been winning 3-0? Or, or uh, had you heard of it before, he, Ian? Because I certainly hadn't. Uh, well, he played last week for the under twenty ones, but he's well. They were saying yesterday he was seventeen, according to uh, the internet. He's nineteen, but but that's by the by. Uh, he's strong and he's very quick, uh, but he's he can play defensive midfield, uh, right centre back or right full back. So handy guy to have on the bench, um, and he impressed uh, for the under twenty ones last week. Um, but, yeah, but he's another one. I, would, I, I loved Yeboah when he came yeah. on, especially when that big centre half got hold of him. Yeah, and, and he put the old judo throw on him. Yeah, I mean he made he made that bloke bump over. Yeah, and then ran off ran off with yeah. the ball. The referee should hang on. He's got this. On, he's back. got this. He's got this almost Maradona esque upper body strength, hasn't he? Well, he, he's a big, strong. I mean, he's seventeen. 
Yeah. What's he going to be like when he's 20, for God's sake? Well, that's he's another one. That's another £25 million pound player off the conveyor belt. Well, you know, we're still nine. Let, well, let's, let's hope we see him play for us and score well, some goals for us. Well, I hope we see him Start him Tuesday night. Start him Tuesday night. Look, if he's blowing out a you-know-where... Uh, after 45, 50 minutes, fine. Well, you've got five you've got... substitutes you can make here and you can substitute a substitute these days, can't you? Exactly, exactly right. And if, look, listen, you go, go get 3-0 up, you can get some kid out the Section 82 and play and play in. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I would I would say with there's two things. It utilises a squad, it rests key players. Yeah. Because you don't want to... be one you know, hell of a game from... next Saturday up at Leicester, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, I mean, fantastic response to the ticket sales. I mean, our our support is, I've got to say, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, five thousand five thousand pay on the day yesterday, which is pretty damn good, I think. Really. Yeah. Um, three thousand think... people go. Three and a half thousand people nearly going up to Leicester. Two and a half thousand Swansea and. Oh, it's over. It's over three thousand for Leicester, isn't it? Yeah, and tickets and sold out. Three, three, I think, or something like that. Yeah, tickets sold Brilliant. out. Sold out in about a day and a half. Yeah. So yeah. No, we're getting the look. we're getting the support. I mean, you know, you the the fans. I I think Pierce. I think the spirit in the club is is good. I think the fans. I think the players are with Pearson, and I feel personally a little bit. And we come on to that as the final point. I think personally at the moment, it's it's. The fans, the players, and Pearson against the authorities, yeah. And you want them to do well, yeah. You want the players and Nigel to do well in spite of the lack of support that he's getting from up above. But let's let's pick up on a couple of other topics that came up this uh, this week. At last, at last, the away kit came out. Was it worth the wait, Ian? Have you? Uh, Found your I, attempt to purchase blocks because they've sold out already, apparently, but all black. Well, I I I like it. Uh my only question has been, and no one's really answered it yet, why is it taking so long? Because I was expecting us to come out with this kit that was, I don't know, uh, uh orange and yellow uh, and purple. Uh, psych- uh, some kind of psychedelic color and luminous, or something you know, something really unusual. But basically, it's a plain black kit with a bit of piping on it. Now, I think and it's the a nice image looking. of the 1974 75 season program logo on there. Wonderful, right? But why did it take well, the last kit, the third kit came out last season because I remember seeing us wearing yeah. it. Lo- yeah. Luton, yeah. amongst other places. Yeah. So it was it been six eight months to get that out? I, I just wonder why it's taken so long. Maybe, and it was such an aberration the away kit that you know maybe Phil Alexander has exerted influence in that area and said you can't wear that, and you know they've gone back I, to basic. Well, to be honest, is it, there were two complaints from City fans uh, primarily. One was quality, uh, and particularly around anything with that ridiculous bird on it because i've never seen i've seen plenty of robins in my life and it looks they look nothing like that in flight um but the and the other thing what what that was quality and then people were moaning about the robin um and saying it it looks chabby and it looks cheap and whatever um 
So, no, I think I think it's a good kit. I mean, but for example, we're playing Leicester next week. I'm guessing we'll either wear the third kit or we'll wear our red and white because you don't want one team in all black and another team in blue, do you? It's a bit clashy. No. no. So uh, that's just a guess, man. It could be. It's up to the referee, isn't it? The referee could. We could wear. We could wear. You're not wearing that, mate. Yeah, we could wear it away at Rotherham on Sky, the all black on Sky. Yeah, well, you could wear you you could wear all red. You know, you don't have to change all your kit. You could say all white, all white versus all black. All right. Yeah. Okay, so it's out. It's out. Nice bit of purple and green piping uh, on there. Next thing I want to come on to is Project. Was it White Beam? Yeah, now I'm a big conspiracy theorist. Look this up if you're still listening. Project Bluebeam, but let's just move on from there. We won an eco award. We're the most eco-friendly. Uh, well, what do you know about it, Ian? And this Project White Beam, you know, what, what you know, should, should is it I think we're the most eco, eco-friendly team in the championship. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. I must admit, I, I don't know a great deal about it. I mean, it's always nice to see your club win an award for anything um yeah. and i think you know from a an eco point of point of view we've all got to move that way it, it, it's no yeah. point you know denying climate change or anything like that and every little everyone does does help so, so Ian, you won't be flying over to madeira then yeah as part of your bit or eating meat because cows fart and they're the biggest producers of uh, of methane in the whole world yeah so- well eat Primarily, I, um, I, I've been eating a lot of, you'd be glad to know I've been eating a lot of fish, particularly shellfish over here today, because we're yeah. only 900 miles from Morocco. So you can get prawns that are bigger than your arm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and lobster. So, no, look, there are certain things. What I won't be doing is, is taking a, pri- a private jet anywhere. Yeah. No, I, I know, that. I know. No, we've done it a so, few times, Ian, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, I, you know, we're, we're currently talking to a private jet company about being sponsors for FBC podcast as well, actually. Yeah. So. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, yeah. They, if they can. I knocked can on their. You. I knocked on their door, but I haven't had a reply back yet. <laughs> I can't think why. <laughs> yeah. I, I look. I mean, whether anyone, it's not a matter what you like or what you don't like. There are certain things that we need to do. We can't go on. You know, we don't want to get political, but we can't go on pumping raw sewage in the sea and in rivers because anyone would tell you they don't do it over here. No. So, you know, and and if you've got a problem with cleaning water up, well, build some desalination plants then and do things like that, like they do in other countries. But we we need to get much better at that. Um, well, so I, I have to say. You know, yeah, we do need to get much better in a lot of things. I see that. I see the environment secretary Teresa Coffey. Some guys come up with a nickname for her on Twitter, uh, Nelly the Effluent. Nelly the Effluent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, back to back to final final topic. Final topic. Um, uh, Supporters Club and Trust had a meeting with uh, the the club, but the communications officer, great performance he put in as senior reds about four months ago. But uh, oh yeah, riveting. Riveting. Um, will you be at Senior Reds this coming Thursday, Ian? Yes. Are you back in the country or or no? No. No, you won't no, be there. I'll be there. Anyway, Supporters Club and Trust. It transpires that all the pub, all the all the food prices and everything is set by the support by the Bristol Sport. Ergo, mm-hmm. 
everything that is on match day revenue in the concourse and everything like that is going to the coffers of Bristol Sport. Is that right? As I haven't read uh, that information in the same place as you look at it, but that is, I will say, that's my understanding. Perfectly happy from somebody from the club to come out and correct me. Yeah. But isn't that then a case that if there's this separation, because you said to me, even with the senior reds, we have to pay to hire the room from Bristol Sport. So Bristol Sport is this all-embracing. But we've almost become, we've become a tenant in a ground that we once owned in its entirety as Bristol City Football Club, haven't we? Well, that's what happens when you get in debt and you have to sell your house. Yeah. So, it, you know, but isn't, you can... isn't all of this because things sort of start to come out the woodwork? It's not conspiracy or anything like that. It is what it is. Yeah. But mm -hmm. isn't this sort of setting it up for if somebody wants to buy the football club as opposed to the whole Bristol sport thing, lock, stock, and barrel, that mm -hmm. you could have the football club and rent the ground on match days, which technically we're doing at the moment, and just have the income from ticket sales and TV. Yeah. Well, that would depend. Makes it easier on... if there's all this cross charging with this multiplicity of companies. I mean, it's so layered that it's you know it's getting ridiculous. Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, at one point we owned the ground, but at the point we owned the ground, we also went bankrupt in 1982. Yeah. <clears throat> so let, let's not say that. Oh well, that that's a panacea if you own your own ground. It yeah. certainly isn't. Steve Lansdowne said to me a long time ago, and I can remember the conversation we had, it was in the director's box up at York, and we were playing an FA Cup game. Um, I remember the game because Gary Johnson decided to play Cole Skew's left wing. Uh, but it, he, he said to me, really, the last thing you need as a football club is a ground, because you only use it a couple of times a month, and the rest of the time, it's, it's a bit of a burden. But mm. we know that you've got fantastic conferencing facilities at Ashton Gate. You've got lots of offices, private rooms. They've got the coffee shop. shop. They've got the, um, uh, the, the pub, the pizza place where you can eat. And so there's lots of revenue streams down there. But as I understand it, that is Bristol Sport. And that's run by, well, that part of it, Ashton Gate, the the actual the building is run by Mark Kelly as the MD, yeah. Um, so and and they they would get the revenue for things like pop concerts and and things like that, and they they put on that. Um, somebody was telling me that the supporters club, there's eleven supporters club coaches leaving to go to Leicester, and they're not allowed to park. No one's allowed to park at the ground because there's a function. Nobody can park so, their cars at the ground, yeah. So the coaches well, don't have to Well, the coaches won't be pulling away from the car park like they always did. Um, because they won't be able so, to drop them off back there anyway because there's all got to be cars I, in there, yeah? So, I, Well, I, I don't know what's going on down there. I don't even... I mean, but that's what somebody who I trust for giving me information has said. Now, yeah. Um, once again, perfectly happy if anything we say is incorrect. That, 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 that we, this is all to the best of our knowledge. The club can come out and correct it. Um, yeah. But I, you've got the, those tiers of management. So you've got Pula Sport that owns Bristol Sport. That own, and, and Steve, what the Lansdowne family own Pula Sport. They're based in Guernsey. Um, 
And I think most fans go into the game. Are, are they bothered about where their ticket money goes? Or I mean, well, look, every fan that's going I... to the game, every fan that's going to the game is going to be looking at the top of the championship as we sit here. It's early days, mm. right? Six games on. And they're going to be looking, and we're sat quite nicely in 10th, can't argue with that, mm -hmm. but they're going to be looking as well at like Preston, you know, like us, never had Premier League football. Leicester, you'd expect them to be right up there. Ipswich, yeah. you know, come straight up. That's the championship bounce, but got a win at Sheffield yesterday. Norwich are going to be there. But then you look at Hull, Birmingham, Sunderland, yeah? They're all clubs, well, particularly Hull and Birmingham, that have had their, their problems. Uh, yeah. It's still too early to make any assumptions, isn't it, Ian? And I guess, as we said a while ago, the six games in the run-up to the next international break, you know, it's one down with five to go. Come the 14th of October or come Saturday the 7th of October when there'll be 11 games on the board, yeah, mm -hmm. of which Nigel's not going to be involved in the next three because of his illness, yeah, you know, that's going to be the time to sort of say we are where we are sort of thing, yes? Would you agree with that view? I'm a, Well, I, I like the idea of looking at it in blocks of 10 because in league games, so you've played five home and five away normally-ish. Yeah then look at it Christmas after 23 games. Now, obviously, if you play 10 games and you haven't got a point on the board, something needs to happen. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't be um, panicking at the moment. It, I think I'm right in saying that normally, uh, for the past few years, we've started seasons reasonably well. Although I, I know, I don't know if it was last season or season before, we went a lot of, lot of games before we won our first home game. Um, so... I, I think I've said what I think we, we need. We need some tweaks at home so we score more goals. Now, that might mean winning 3-2, 4-2 instead of trying to win 1-0, uh, mm. which we're, we may be doing at the moment. I'm not saying we're trying to win games 1-0. We want to score as many goals as we can. But however you look at it, we scored one goal at home in um, was it 360 minutes plus of football, call yeah. it 400 minutes. Uh, so... Something there, normally you'd look at that and think that needs to change because I don't think West Brom had picked up a point away from home before yesterday. No. Um, so that needs to change. So it, it's down to the coaches that we've got. It's a little bit like when people keep saying, oh, well, sides sit in and it's a low block. And it's a, well, West Brom weren't in a low block second half yesterday. And no, they took the game to us. They did. They took the game to us. Couldn't get the ball off them. So, we, we need, strangely enough, we created our best chance at a game with about three minutes to go, the Cornick one. Yeah. Uh, and to pick up a few comments that people who are listening have said, Cornick can finish, just not showing it for us yet. Um, but he needs to. He's He is a forward. He's there to create and score goals. Uh, the work rate thing and the long throw, they're nice to haves. But if, you know, we've had some right, you can have a lazy so-and-so. If you can get 30 goals a season, he'll be in the side for me. Um, and in, in answer to Liam's question from a, a while ago about breakfast fare. Um, <laughs> I've just seen those chats. I don't eat, uh, I don't I don't ever, ever have any a breakfast wrap. I've never had one in my life, never will. But if I'm having a cooked breath, breakfast, it's tomato sauce. Tomato uh, sauce. If I'm having a bacon sandwich or a sausage sandwich in white bread, 
is brain sauce. Oh, and I'm I, and not I a brain sauce like, person at all. But I'll tell you what, I yesterday, as part of my weight loss regime, I've got to lose yeah. two pounds a week for the next 10 weeks. That's my goal. Because that's 24, I'm, that's that's 24 quid, Dave. <laughs> no, not quite. That's a lot of money. But but I did have yesterday from uh, <coughs> put together by the lovely Melanie, I did have the sandwich, a sandwich which was grilled halloumi and tomato and chili jam in there and that's good well that that does two things dave that absolutely underlines the fact you're upper middle class of course yes yes um so you wouldn't have that i mean if i don't know if if you lived in a council house somewhere you wouldn't be having that sandwich would you and i've never had a sandwich like that in my life i'm proud to say (laughs) well we've got i've got i've got Kedgery when I go home after recording. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah, we well, want to. You want to get an injection for that, mate, because uh, that can yeah. turn nasty if you don't have it cleared yeah. up. And so, what's, uh, I say we've sort of gone way off track there. What's on your agenda today, then, Ian? Sitting out in the sun, yeah. Yeah. Um, sun, pool, possibly a walk uh, out for a meal later on. Uh, they actually, <laughs> Madeira is a quiet island, but they actually had a had a. They have this annual event, a thing called the Naval Club. And that sounds it, very colonial. You go into the naval club here, or was that yeah, where well, people it, sit there and gaze at their belly buttons? No, what what happens is is that you they have this event, and it used to start at ten at night and go on until five in the morning. And the local hotels, the window if it's so loud, the windows would be rattling in your hotel room. God. So it now starts at six and, and finishes at one in the morning. At one in the morning, I think the local mayor pulls the plug. So you, you can't go on any longer because they've had that many complaints and threats of violence that they've had to do something about it. But no, I should be relaxing. And uh, then I don't know what the next home game I'll see is, but I'll... Um, well, probably I'll, be Stoke I'll, on the 30th. Of September. This month, yeah. Yeah, possibly. possibly. Possibly that one. There you go. Totally, well, look, totally. we will be but, back with our uh, Plymouth uh, recording at um, probably nine o'clock on uh, Wednesday morning, reviewing that game, which we're looking forward to. Big contingent yeah. coming up from the southwest. Let's hope that they've uh, shot their bolt in trying to beat the uh, surprise leaders of the championship. And then the Leicester game next week, we're going to record that at uh, nine o'clock on uh, Sunday morning as well, which is slightly different, but then that suit fits Pro- probably in. probably ten, Dave. I think probably ten. There we go. Yeah, because right. because of, of commitments. If you do, if you don't mind, I don't. No, like well, to speak we'll that that. Look, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Um, we're as I say, every episode this season has had over a thousand views. I was looking at the, I think I was looking at the Norwich game, and it was ticking on at about nine hundred ninety-six. So even after three weeks or two and a half weeks of that. People still listen. Thank you. Um, but uh, don't expect people to listen to old stuff. Uh, but that's really good. Well, and, it's, uh, it's, it's nice that, to, to be honest, Dave, I mean, we only started this for something to do during lockdown, if we tell the truth. Yeah. Uh, we won't go in for world domination or anything like that. But it's really nice that people are listening and people do say, yeah, listened, enjoyed it. Oh, I didn't agree with that, which is which is great. That's what it's all meant to be. Have, the views are our own. So they are. Yeah, we can That's say opinions, isn't it? Yeah, we and we can say because we have no 
affiliation with the club at all. Yeah. Um, we have no affiliation with the club at all. You know, we can say what we like and we don't say we're right. It's just our opinions and we're under, I hold my hand up and say I'm underinformed in some places. I'm not the tactical genius that somebody like Dave Fevs is. I welcome when we have Chris Honor and Gary Hours on with their technical input. And um, as I say, uh, Ian, as always, uh, has been here from, from the start. Yeah, so um, it's, uh, we do it because it's a good crap. Anybody, everybody, thank you for listening. All the best. God bless all. Bye-bye. Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up. Wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up. Get up. Get out of bed. Cheer up. Cheer up. The sun is red. Live. Love. Laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the river robins out, ba-ba-ba-ba-na Red, red robin come bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.